Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com. This is show number 64, released on April 27th, 2010. My name is Steve Eunice, and joining me is my good buddy, Neil Bailey. G'day, Neil. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing good. Good couple of months, that's for sure. How are you doing? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, it's getting cooler here. The The cooler weather is starting to hit us in Australia. I'm guessing it's getting warmer over there. Oh, yeah, it's starting to. It never stops raining, though. I mean, it's raining today, and it's like the middle of spring. It's just annoying. <laughs> oh, well, what can you do? But uh, yeah. let's get into our topic discussions, and right. uh, we'll get into one of your favorite subjects, Smallville. Oh, yes, yes, Smallville. Mm. Now, uh, it's clarify, okay, you're not reviewing the uh, the show for the Superman homepage anymore, but you are still watching the show and keeping an eye on it, and you're uh, still updating us on the KO count at the uh, the website, so... What is your take on the season, uh, the couple of episodes that we've seen so far, uh, this you know last couple of months? Well, it's been it's been pretty easy to uh, leave it behind and uh, and not review it anymore. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, I I haven't seen much improvement that was marked. I I saw a couple of uh, interesting effects. I like that one bit where uh, in, in Checkmate where they kind of changed up the effects a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the but, frozen, uh, you know, kind of still and you know panning around certain things. That was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. It's kind of weird. I've gone to like this uh, this methodology where I'm watching it like a lot of the people who wrote me, you know, really upset about the reviews would go, or I'm just kind of casually watching it and not paying too much attention. But I still even see stuff <laughs> that irks me. Yeah, but uh, I figure, I figure if uh, it's not supporting the show necessarily, it's more clerical on my end. I'm trying to make sure that we can keep the knockout count going, and uh, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I still feel like parting ways because of what happened, but uh, it, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with keeping up on it, so that I uh, so that I can speak with authority on podcasts and the like. So. Yeah, for sure, definitely. But uh, yeah, the last couple of episodes have been you know up and down. There's like I said, there are cool moments in certain episodes, and then there are other cringe moments that you think, oh my god, what there, was that about? Oh, that, that whole checkmate thing. I don't know if you saw the last one yet, but like Clark with that uh, <laughs> with the, I, I was actually kind of distracted doing something else and then I see Clark kind of grab that chess piece and go checkmate! And I was like, chubby rain! <laughs> chubby rain! <laughs> yeah, oh. but uh, yeah, this checkmate thing is a bit, you know, pretty interesting and uh, you know, with Amanda Waller and then you got uh, uh, Maxwell Lord coming in and uh, yeah, there's quite a few interesting uh little DC moments there that uh, could pan out to be something, you know, quite good. But uh, it's all mixed in with Zod as well. Is it uh, confusing or do you think it's pretty cut, you know, clear and dry with exactly what's going on? Well, now that they've gone away from making the sun red to give Kryptonians power to, oh, Zod has powers, you know? <laughs> it seems yeah, to make yeah. a little bit more sense. I don't know. I'm trying just to sit here and not make any Red Queen jokes. That's that's, <laughs> that's the one thing I miss about the review so far. Oh, God. Now we've got uh, Martha and uh, Perry White uh, involved in a relationship. They're romantically involved, obviously. It's... Yeah, okay, it's a nod towards Annette O'Toole and uh, Michael McKean being married in real life. But, uh, you know, is this something that, uh, you know, we want to see? Do we want to see Martha moving on to another man? I mean, it was something that they cut out of Superman Returns, I guess, because it wasn't received that well. But uh, what do you think of it in Smallville? I think it's pretty much one of the only things they've got left other than a Martha-Lex relationship. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think of any other combination that hasn't been tried. Maybe maybe Martian Manhunter-Clark or you know Chloe, uh, Chloe Lana, but uh, that's about it. <laughs> but do you think it's just a gimmick thing because the two actors are married in real life? I think so. I think it's just them being like, ah, who gives a care? You know, it's like, it, it, well... 
the show is so self-referential and kind of um, kind of full of in jokes that that it doesn't realize that it's kind of trying to tell a story half the time, and it's it's more about fan service than say trying to tell a coherent story. Um, I could see maybe Martha Kent and Perry White getting together in some strange alternate universe, but they're not doing it because it justifies it's justified in the story. I would guess. I don't know. I say that having not seen it, no, but I can make snap judgments like that anymore because now I'm not a reviewer. Yeah. Um, but it might have been a, a you know obviously a way to get the two actors to come back to the show, and you know I'm sure you know they're very busy in their own lives and in their own careers. So you know I mean if this is a way for them to come back to the show, well all well and good and um you know it's about time uh, martha came back and it's about time perry was reintroduced and maybe this is a something that we can get them back into season 10 as regular cast members i hope so i don't know you know i'm i think it would just bust me wide open if they had perry white appear and then disappear and it gets to be more like well i guess i'm already busted wide open by this show but <laughs> uh, you know the whole idea of um the whole idea of perry white um having you know like lois and clark having three years seniority on perry white as the daily planet editor you yeah, know no, <laughs> just I like ah. well uh, perry and lois will be working together on this uh, red queen story so that'll be interesting to see them pair up uh their first meeting and uh you know we're looking forward to seeing those characters come back to the superman mythos in the smallville version of the mythos Absolutely. We might eventually get a uh, second or a third Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> well, we shall see. Uh, so who do you think, other than possibly Perry White and uh, Martha Kent coming for season 10, who would you like to see in the, the 10th and possibly final season of the show? Uh, Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's cynical, but yeah, no... Um... Yeah, I'd like to see I'd like to see Clark acting like Superman and being Superman. I think all of the other characters have been done to the ground, really. I think they've they've like Chloe has really had more than an arc. Uh Lois is still in the middle of her arc, but her arc goes on. She's already where she needs to be to be the end point Lois. Um you have Tess Mercer. Tess Mercer's been around for one season too long. I think it's pretty obvious. Um Zod is I'm, I I would bet money that Zod's dead by the end of the season, yeah. um, which just leaves basically like your Amanda Waller checkmate storyline, which I'll also bet is probably done by the end of the season. So I don't know. Um, I, I just really uh, they need to switch him into a suit or the show needs to stop. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Well, again, I don't think season 10 will see him in the Superman costume because that's the end game that's where they're headed that's the last episode that's the final scene or whatever it might be but um i think is... they do sounders oh sorry no go ahead uh, i was just gonna say i think that didn't they do like a brian sounders uh, interview where he basically said that tom was definitely not getting in the suit just recently yeah, like he, uh, but he did also hint at uh well they gave played a word association game uh and he said uh, when they said this you know super suit he said season finale so, yeah. uh, you know, whether that means they change from his current trench coat thing to something else, uh, that's uh, another yeah. step to the Superman costume. That's a possibility. That's my guess. I'll probably give him a black cape. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, so season 10, you know, there's obviously, like I said, possibly possibility of ending Tess Mercer, Zod, the Checkmate storyline, and uh, just where they will go in season 10 will obviously be something that the season nine finale will showcase and will 
uh, hint towards. So we wait to see uh, exactly what Season nine's finale gives us so we know where we're headed for Season 10. And heck, give us a good Zod Superman fight scene. I mean, if they did Doomsday last year, I could have flown to Vancouver on the strength of my anger and just punched somebody. If we if we get Zod versus Clark and it's not better than what was that like the fourth season premiere? Yeah. The one where where they where Lex and Clark fought where Lex was Zod. You remember what I'm yes, talking yes, about? Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. If they don't if it's not better than that, at least I'll just ah. Yeah, well they're saying again using the word epic. Uh, to uh, describe the fight that will be in the <laughs> season finale between Zod and Clark. But uh, we shall see and uh, see whether our uh, understanding of the word epic um, matches up with theirs. Yes, it could be epic fail. Who knows? Let's see. Uh, talking about Superman on TV, well, Superboy on TV, we've got Young Justice, a new animated series that has been announced by Warner Brothers Animation. Uh, we haven't got a date for when it will be hitting our TV screens, but it will be on Cartoon Network, and it will be basically a, uh, a you know Teen Titans, a, a Young Justice League, uh, Superboy, Robin, and uh, and others. It sounds pretty cool. Is it going to be the uh, Connor Kent Superboy, or is it yes. going to be Super? Yes. Oh, it is for sure. Yeah, well, they've got him in you know the black T-shirt with the Superman symbol on his chest and jeans. Awesome. And, and what have you? So um, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Still, I just didn't. I didn't know much about the storyline. That sounds cool, actually. I could yeah, dig well, that. we don't know much about the storyline either. Exactly where they're headed, but uh, there are teen. It's you know basically saying they're here or out here. These are teenagers. Hard enough being teenagers in this day and age. But what if you're a super teenager and having to be a superhero? And you know how do you measure up? And you know all that kind of stuff. And uh, so yeah, it, it looks. Uh, you know, it's about time we got another animated series other than something Batman related on TV, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how Young Justice is received by the fans. And the animation style looks good, the character designs look great. So, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to that one with interest. Absolutely. Okay, uh, moving into our comic book discussions. Uh, The War of the Superman is upon us, and we're currently in the, you know, uh, stages of Brainiac attacking New Krypton and basically uh, re-absorbing Candor as another bottled city within his collection. Um, we've got Zod uh, basically taking the reins of, of New Krypton and you know saying to Ursa, uh, you know, step aside. This is uh, me, you know, taking the reins here and being in control. We've got uh, the Legion of Superheroes with Brainiac Five on board, trying to stop Brainiac and trying to save the bottled cities that uh, he has in his possession. We've got Superman and Monel trying to fight Brainiac and Lex Luthor. Uh, we've got Supergirl and Connor Kent trying to save the day as well. So it's a whole mishmash of, of superheroes and villains uh, all in one place. Yeah, don't forget Beppo fighting Coco. I mean, you know that's got to happen eventually. <laughs> well, yeah, Coco is look, looks very menacing, but uh, <laughs> well, the Cocos, if you like, is uh, multiple versions of him. That was one of my favorite things in all the writing on Smallville magazine was uh, describing Coco, getting to describe Coco as a homicidal <laughs> man ape that works for Brainiac. But anyway, it seems like the wheels have kind of come off the cart on it a little bit. What do you think? Yeah, it's well, the whole I think the Nightwing and Flamebird side of things is I don't know that seems to be kind of left of field and doesn't seem to be um, you know just uh, meeting in with the other storyline, but. Um, you know, it's, it's. I don't know. I think it's kind of heading in the right direction. It's, it's, building up to what should be a massive, massive battle. Um, you know, and 
with when Earth and and the seven seven three four project seven seven three four comes in into being with the you know the fight between Earth and and New Krypton um, should it should be pretty pretty massive story. It seems it seems to have all the elements of something good, but it hasn't started exploiting it yet. You know, it's like some events that you read. I guess is a good way to put it. You've got a scene with like Brainiac and 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 Luthor and Superman in a room, and yet they're focusing more on like Monel and Coco. Or like you get uh, a scene where where um, essentially there's a lot of Deus Ex Machina in there too. Like you got the the bottle city just magically neatly kind of bottled up without any real attention paid to like the catastrophic problems with that to a degree because yeah it, it, this the city wasn't built in a circle and yet it's all in there kind of thing maybe yeah. that's an error um but i was also looking at uh things like i it's not clear what any of the characters motives are and instead of being a culmination of all these arcs between like you were saying like nightwing and flamebird and monel and superman it seems to just kind of be de- kind of deviating really weirdly into a legion of superheroes story and i don't really i mean I, I I know that my familiarity with the Legion of Superheroes isn't as great as it could be, but it, it's it, that aside. It seems it, it should be a Superman, Luthor, Brainiac, New Krypton kind of story with the ancillary stories kind of tying in together. Yeah, and it's it it just seems seems to be kind of a bunch of random events happening. Um, all to know, I I can't see a motive for the villains. That's what's kind of getting me. I don't I don't understand what the heck is going on. Brainiac wants his city back. Is that it? Uh, why uh, Why doesn't he just want freedom? I mean, he's obviously got some Kryptonian information. Um, what is Luthor looking for? Luthor has kind of gone back to default science villain with no real motivation. Um, yeah, and it's good to see Superman in his suit again, but he's not really leading the charge, which is what he should be doing, you know. Yeah, exactly. I see where you're going. It should be more Superman centric. He should be the fo- you know the focal point with all the other heroes kind of banding behind him and uh, you know coming to his aid. But uh, he seems to be at a bit of a loss, and it's more like Brainiac Five has the plan, and he knows what's going on, and he knows which way to go. And um, you know, Brainiac seems to want revenge on Superman for making him. Uh, feel and you know having have some kind of you know is put him out of his comfort zone. Yeah, um, it, and, it seems kind of weird because he's a very analytical, computerized yeah. character. You know, it's like the Borg don't want revenge on Picard. It takes an awful lot for the Borg to want revenge on Picard. You literally have to, you know, like push them all the way to the Borg Queen and 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 literally almost annihilate them. And yet Brainiac is obviously in a position of advantageous power. I mean, he literally annihilates Kryptonians, which are like the most powerful beings in the galaxy when you look at it next to Daxamites or maybe on a par with Daxamites. Um, boy, I sound like a nerd talking about this crap. <laughs> but, but the point being, like, you, you've got a planet full of kryptonians you wipe them out in like less than a day and you're you're worried about revenge on one of them who kind of got it over on you a little bit i don't know yeah you know what i find weird is also the use of red sun radiation it's almost being used the same way that gold kryptonite was being used it it takes away their powers for a brief time and then they get their powers back i mean why have two you know elements that can do basically the same thing they should have differentiated between them a little bit more that was that was the really cool thing actually about Luthor and uh, Reactron, I think it was, where he comes in and kind of takes his heart and so that he's defended against the Kryptonians. I thought that was all right. Yeah, I kind of dug that idea. All right, so the War of the Superman is about to really yeah, hit its straps with the four issue miniseries uh, next month, I believe it is, and uh, so we uh, we look forward to or this month if it, if you're listening to it in May. 
Um, so uh, we look forward to the War of the Superman and just how that 100-minute war is um, brought about into the four issues of the series. So yeah. looking forward to War of the Superman. Now, uh, since our last podcast, Paul Cornell has been announced as taking over the writing duties for Action Comics in place of Mark Guggenheim, who was originally announced as a new Action Comics writer. Guggenheim has stepped aside and said, basically, you know, the story that they're planning to do is not necessarily something he thought he was best, uh, you know, positioned to write. So Paul Cornell, uh, who uh, fans will fans of Doctor Who will recognise uh, his name, um, has come on board to write Action Comics uh, very soon. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, I don't know. I I, I read a, a report on a a site that is. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't say unreputable, but it's like it's always here or there in terms of their veracity and things. Yeah, kind of hit and miss. And they were kind of mentioning that uh, Straczynski was going in a path where Superman was going to hang up the mantle for a little while and wander the United States. And that and and it suggested that he demanded that they um, that his book was the only one that got Superman, and that was the reason behind Guggenheim leaving. Leaving. I don't know if I I, I put in any truck with that, but uh, it, it seems that the the broader implication is that they're trying to find a way kind of segue out of the whole war of the superman thing into maybe a more um a more pedestrian level story i guess would be the way to put it okay i don't know but i don't know what i, I i've seen a lot of doctor who of late i've actually been catching up but do you know which ones he wrote no i don't i've never been a doctor who fan myself so i have no uh expertise in that area as to what paul cornell uh did write for doctor who but um it, your little story there might have some credence because of the fact that Paul Cornell will be writing a story that concentrates on, on Lex on Luthor. On Lex Luthor? Yeah, that's what the article cited. But see, I hate I hate gossip monger sites, and I hate feeding them in that respect. I like sure. things to be pretty solid before I commentate on them. That's one of the reasons why I've kind of withdrawn from judging the movie by the suit, if that makes sense, as sure. a common you know, philosophy as, uh, as being kind of like a news person for the homepage. But at the same time, um, I, I'm very, very curious as to what the direction of the books will be, um, given the whole, um, the, the way that things just, they, they took Superman out of them for so long and people are expecting him to be back in the suit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, we can only look towards the DC Comics solicitations and the interviews with the writers themselves to see exactly where the comics will be going and what stories they will be telling. So, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on Paul Cornell and uh, exactly, see exactly what he will be doing with Action Comics and uh, with the character of Lex Luthor in his run on the, on the books. And obviously, yes, with J. Michael Straczynski, seeing where he's, he will be headed with the Superman title after the War of the Superman uh, is done and dusted. But uh, yeah. it's very interesting. Uh, you know, it's always... Always a bit exciting when new creative teams come on board the Superman books to see just exactly where they'll be going and where they'll, you know, what direction they'll be taking the Superman books in because this current writing team, you know, with uh, Sterling Gates and, uh, and, you know, obviously Jeff Johns and, and the others, uh, you know, have had a, what, two, three-year run now that's uh, been, to use that phrase again, hit and miss with fans and uh, there have been some really great stories and uh, great scenes but then there's kind of been that whole, you know, like you said, Superman not in his books, uh, yeah. which has kind of peeved off a lot of a lot of the fans. Yeah, I was I, I liked it as an experiment, but it's time for him to come back now, at least for me. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, well, 
talking about comic books and writers and artists and creative people, a lot of them uh, hit the convention scene uh, in the in this part of the year, pretty much with uh, all the conventions pretty much based around this time of the year, San Diego Comic-Con obviously being the big one of, of the lot. Um, you've been to a lot of the conventions, the comic book conventions. Uh, what do you ex think we can expect from San Diego Comic-Con this year? Do you think there'll be any huge announcements, whether it be in the comics, whether it be in the movies, uh, Smallville? Boy, I hope so. I hope they're announcing something. They'll they'll definitely announce something about Smallville. I'm sure. I mean, they usually do. Like whoever the main you know addition is going to be to the cast or whatever. But sure. uh, I'm hoping they announce a Superman movie. That would just uh, it's about time, you know. Yeah. But uh, I I also am intrigued by the idea of Wizard kind of buying up a bunch of conventions and then um, and, and and adding more. They were talking about that too. So it looks like and, and conventions in general, seem to either... They, 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 I, the more I go to them, the more commonplace they seem to be. It's not so much this weird thing anymore. Um, and it, it's kind of cool. Um, but I don't know. San Diego, I wish I could go this year. I'm kind of borked on the money. But uh, that's uh, it, it's something that... Um, Always when I went, it always had a ton of Superman information that I was able to find just just wandering around and lots of neat stuff. So yeah, well, uh, we we you know DC Entertainment are set to make some announcements. Uh, exactly what they will be in regards to movies, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. And I'm sure there'll be rumors and things leaked around as San Diego approaches. But uh, yeah, I'm expecting. Well, I'm hopeful that we will hear something about a Superman movie. Uh, confirmed at the San Diego Comic Con, and uh, you know, see what happens with the other aspects of the Superman world in regards to Smallville comic books and and everything else. So, uh, comic convention season will underway, and uh, will obviously be a highlight with uh, San Diego Comic Con, and we will have uh, uh, our guys on the on the floor there uh, reporting for the Superman homepage, and uh, we look forward to uh, Ivan and. Um, can't think of his brother's name at the moment, but uh, those guys will be doing a, a great job for us as they did again last year. So um, the other thing I want to touch on in the real world aspect of things is Taco Bell currently having a DC superhero giveaway at their fast food restaurant. So um, have you had a look at those yet? I have not, although I have hit the Taco Bell of late. I just, uh, I, I didn't really look at the kids' toys. I should have. Ah! <laughs> well, you was, know, like, even though the kids' toys, I got them all over my desk here. Yeah, you know? I was lucky enough that uh, Superman homepage writer Jeffrey Taylor went to Taco Bell for me because uh, we don't have them here in Australia. And even if we did, I don't think the toys would necessarily line up with the, uh, the promotion that they're doing over there. But um, he sent me the Superman... 3D, um, you know, a little collection that you've got a poster, you've got a 3D uh, thing, that cardboard thing, you can stand, you can put together, and there's a, a, a comic book and what have you. So uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's actually one of the better uh, superhero toy things that I've seen from uh, the fast food chains uh, for the kids' meals. Uh, you don't have to buy a kids' meal to get the toy. You can actually ask them. I think you pay a dollar or maybe two dollars to get the actual toy, or it's not really a toy, but to get the, the giveaway, um, you know, without having to buy food. So Yeah, it's cool. good. They never had that when I was a kid. I was always, at, you know, like, can't we just buy the toy? And you'd have to buy them and randomly get toys until you got the one you wanted. Yeah, exactly. You'd always get the Wonder Woman or the, or, the, or the Green Lantern or the, you know, when you were looking for Superman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's at Taco Bell at the moment while stocks last. So uh, get in quick if you haven't paid a visit there yet. Um, 
Let's talk about DVDs. Uh, recently, it was announced that the Superboy TV series uh, seasons two to four would not be released on DVD simply because the season one DVD didn't sell as well as they'd hoped. And um, that's unfortunate because a lot of fans think that the show improved in seasons two to four and that uh, if they'd just released season two, they would see that sales would definitely you know, uh, show that fans wanted the remainder of the TV series released. Um, yeah, disappointing there for Superboy fans. Yeah, or Stacey Hyduck fans. I mean, hey, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, but uh, we should uh, we we should wrestle together a uh, signature petition and try and destroy them. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's been pretty much already underway. Uh, Superboy uh, homepage, the guys have been really on board and with that and have really tried to, uh, you know, uh, get behind Warner Home Video to get them to send us, or release the Superboy series, remaining series on uh, DVD. But... Um, even, you know, with Ilya Salkine's uh, pressure, uh, that doesn't seem to be something that they want to look at at this point in time. But uh, with other Superboy news on DVD, the Superboy segments of the New Adventures of Superman cartoon series from 1966 will finally be released on DVD. They were an omission from the New Adventures of Superman DVD set that was released uh, a couple of years ago now. But um, finally, I, th I guess with the lawsuit on the Superboy thing kind of being, um, you know, resolved, uh, the Superboy segments of those cartoons will finally be released on DVD probably later this year. Good deal. Yeah, I really enjoyed the Superboy crypto cartoons from that era. Um, it was, uh, you know, one of my, you know, childhood memories growing up was, uh, was that whole cartoon series. So not that I was born in 1966, but uh, obviously the reruns and the repeats of that cartoon were a, uh, you know, a real Saturday morning um, treat. Yeah, I try to explain that to, to, to kids, you know, a couple of kids that I know the other day, the way that, you know, like you could see movies that were made in the 1970s in the middle of the 1980s because they'd have nothing to show, so they'd just show an old thing and or they'd even show first or like reruns of shows from 10 years ago sometimes. Yeah, no, that, you know, obviously even with the Superboy, sorry, Superman 1950s TV series, you know, fans uh, who weren't born in the 50s still were fans of them, you know, in the 60s and 70s and onwards. So yeah. uh, we shall see. Speaking of other DVD releases, the Super Friends 1973 to 1974 Season 1 Volume 2 DVD will be released soon. So uh, that's another, that's the, the original Super Friends series that uh, was first released. So that's the second part of that Season 1 release will be uh, released on DVD very soon. So uh, Super Friends nearly complete in its entire run of DVD releases. Yes, that's that's the one that basically uh, started me out on the Super Friends and then Super Powers, wasn't it, later? Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah. yeah, the second volume of the first season released on DVD. Now, the uh, there's been a bit of toing and froing with the highest-selling uh, comic book uh, of all time. Now, Action Comics, uh, since our last podcast, has sold for $1.5 million. Um, million dollars! Yes. $1.5 million that's right. Now, uh, it uh, blew the Batman uh, Detective Comics uh, out of the water. Uh, it was, you know, uh, as the highest comic sold for one million, beating the Superman comic uh, a little bit pr previous to that. But uh, now Superman is on top once again with Action Comics number one selling for $1.5 million. That's a lot of money. Well, 
Was there ever any doubt that would be the way it would go down? I mean, Batman fans. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now, yeah, that's, you know, I can't see if, I don't know, it just seems ridiculous to see if anybody would top that once again. That's a lot of money for a comic book. One point five hundred and one uh, five hundred one million five hundred thousand and one dollars. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you watch in the ten years. We'll be watching it sell for five million, ten oh, million, oh, without a doubt. Yeah. But for the time being, I think that's you know that's kind of set the benchmark. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move into the big question segment of the show. Let's start with the big question. All right. What did we have uh, last month again? We asked last month, what should the focus of Season 10 of Smallville be? And we received quite a a few responses to this. Uh, First off was Calvin Bowes, who wrote, First, they must decide up front that this is the last season and that this is what we should see. Perry White should fight to become editor of the planet. Uh, Clark should then make the final uh, decision on his life. Finally, on the last episode, becoming Superman. The big finale should be a two-hour film, but as I said, they should go into this 10th season with the decision of closure. Neil, uh, no, <laughs> David you. Cubbage wrote, not Neil. <laughs> to answer your question, what should be the theme of Smallville Season 10? Superman. Hey, a man after my own heart. <laughs> the producers should make a decision early on to make Season 10 the final one and make it into one 22-episode arc that culminates in Clark Kent putting on the tights in the final episode. Make it about how the legend began, put all the classic players in their places, bring back Lex Luthor, if necessary, recast, and have the last episode be about the birth of Superman. Oh, and yes, let's see him fly. Agreed. Mm. Is are they gonna? Didn't they mention that it was going to be a last season or something along those lines? No, they haven't. No, season ten has just been season ten. There's no been no discussion on whether or not it will be the last one. Um, when they ask, they just say, "Who knows?" You know, it's uh, it's still up in the air. So <laughs> this could go on to season fifteen. But I will have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> You're killing me, WCW. Oh, all right, Cayman uh, Stoll wrote, "I think that the overall arc of season ten should either be Darkseid or LexCorp." being established and having all these bad things happen in Metropolis due to the LexCorp and Clark has to figure out who he is behind who is behind them. And towards the end of the season it is revealed that Lex is behind everything. Anyways, guys, love the podcast. Huge fan. Keep up the good work. Well, thank you very much, Cayman. Yeah, thanks. John wrote, I think there should be many focuses for season 10, but the number one focus should be wrapping up the series. The other should be wrapping up the Candor storyline and finally moving Clark closer to becoming Superman. Maybe not, maybe make not the final Superman suit, but maybe an early version with the yellow and red S symbol and the blue in the outfit. And the show ending with Clark in the current suit and Superman suit, Superman has always used. Very good. Guthrie McLean sent in his answer to this question, so let's hear what Guthrie had to say. Uh, hi, Stephen Neal. This is Guthrie. I think for season 10 of Smallville, and if this is the last season, I think what the producers should focus on is by trying to make this the best season ever, and make this into a more Superman-themed show, without the suit, that is. I know the writers lack in ideas, but to cover that, I think what would improve this show more is to give us a few scenes like Clark as the Blur, stopping a fire, stopping a bank robbery, or saving people, you know, something like that. That would uh, make this show better if they made it more Superman-like. And oftentimes we we only get a reference hearing Clark tell Oliver that he stopped a couple of bank robberies and escape, but we never saw any of that in action. 
This season, I've appreciated the producers giving us each of the characters more episodes, especially Lois. Except for Zod, though, he's been absent. I've enjoyed the Zod arc this season. The only thing I hated it about it is that it's been the main focus of season 9 so far, yet Zod isn't in many episodes, which is frustrating. Oftentimes, they get us excited when Zod returns after a couple of absences, and Candor was an episode that moved us forward with the Zod arc. But then after that, they didn't continue to tell us that story in the next episode, Idol, which started a completely new story. Next season, whatever the story arc will be about, I'd appreciate it if they would stay focused on it for a number of episodes, and no skipping. And lastly, what I'd like to see in Season 10 is the return of Brainiac, and I know they've been considering that for a while, but they haven't gotten it done yet. Uh, but I think now's the time to do it before the show might end, because you never know when that might be. Season 10 could be the last, so I think they should do it now. And I'd also like to see uh, the return of the Legion, but more of a, a, a sequel to the episode, Legion, and like a reunion episode, not another episode where like the Justice League would return in the season premiere or finale. Uh, more like a sequel. And also I'd like to see the Justice League, but with a better group this time, a better, a better story. You know, Bart, Cyborg, Green Arrow, and Clark, they're more iconic. And I'd like to see them teaming together in action. Oh, and one more thing. In addition, I'd also like to see a good, decent fight scene. Uh, some villain Clark can fight, and that he'll struggle with. Would be awesome. And I know that's impossible for them, but they've got to try. And, well, those are about all my thoughts for the month. And, uh... And, and I love the podcast. I love the message forums. And I love the Superman homepage. So keep up the good work. And this is Guthrie McQueen, Super Eyes, heading to the Fortress of Solitude. Thank you, everybody else, for your responses to the big question this month. Uh, let's see what our new big question is for next month's podcast. Well, we got, uh, will you be watching the new Young Justice animated series? If not, why not? And if yes, why are you excited about it? Yeah, so there you have it, the Young Justice animated series set to be released on Cartoon Network. Let us know what your thoughts are on it, whether you'll be watching it or why you won't be watching it. Uh, you can get involved with the Big Questions segment of the show by sending in your email to the uh, re Big Question feedback form, or you can record your own audio answer and send that in as well. And we will read out or play all the responses to the Big Question in our next month's podcast. Kara has a surprising reaction. Okay, okay. First things first. You've got to get rid of the body. What? Ocean? No. The moon is better. Not far enough, but it's a starting way. So you yell at me for killing him, but, but now, now you want me to dispose of the body and... and what, what? Pretend it never happened? John Henry and Dr. Faulkner butt heads. I have the order from the warden. Either way, he's coming with me. I just want you out of my sight, Mr. Irons. For good. I'm a crazy, crazy problem, man! Woohoo! Superman pays an old foe a visit. Oh, look, 
someone who needs help. All right, and I believe you've got what it takes. And why would I? Because you care that someone else is suffering. Because you want the warden to know you're trying to change. What is this second grade? I don't give a crap about other people, and I sure as hell don't care about what the warden thinks of me. And what's it going to take? A kiss. And Laura gets a surprise. How is he still alive? <laughs> the stage is set in Superman: The Last Son of Krypton, issue 64, on April 28, 2010, only at PendantAudio.com. Next time on Supergirl, Lost Daughter of Krypton. All Metropolis is a stage. Can't you just, I don't know, whip out your laptop and hack into their network? <laughs> you watch too many movies. And everyone has a part to play.、Uh, excuse me. <laughs> I'm looking for a birthday present for my cousin, and there's so many things here. I don't even know where to start. Can you help me? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, your cousin a boy or a girl? But can Kara figure out who's playing who? What? Hey, since when can you bilocate? What's the matter, Barbie? You can't handle a little challenge? <laughs> Being heckled by old hags in stereo isn't a challenge. Don't miss Supergirl: Lost Daughter of Krypton, episode thirty-six. Coming April twenty eighth at PendantAudio.com. Did you see her eye twitch? It warmed the very cockles of my heart. <laughs> Bailey's bookshelf. Go Bailey! Yes, Michael Bailey returns with another look at a trade paperback. So let's hear what Michael has this month. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Bailey's Bookshelf, the monthly segment here on Radio KAL, where I walk over to the old bookcase deep in the caverns here at the Fortress of Baileytude and grab a Superman trade, hardcover or novel, and give you the lowdown on it. This month, I am covering something that was requested of me, so I hope that whoever requested it, as again I have misplaced the name,、uh, likes what I have to say about it. Uh, this this is my attempt to do some some kind of really like official sounding intro to this to this、uh, to this piece. So、uh, so bear with me here. Okay, here we go. By 1942, Superman was a bona fide superstar with two comic book series, a daily comic strip, a series of animated shorts playing in movie theaters, all sorts of merchandising, and an extremely popular radio series. Outside of a live-action movie or movie serial, there was one medium that the Man of Steel hadn't made any headway in, and that was prose. That all changed, though, when The Adventures of Superman was published in the aforementioned 1942. The book was written by George Lowther, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who was one of the main writers for the Mutual Broadcasting System's Adventures of Superman radio series. And is an interesting artifact, at least to me, in the lore of Superman. The novel is pretty straightforward and written, as is pointed out in the introduction by Roger Stern for the 1995 re-release of the book, which I bought back in 1995. Though apparently, again from Stern's intro, there was an armed services version, as Superman was a big hit with the troops. 
We open with the origin of Superman, which is interesting to me, because it seemed that Superman's origin was fully told just about everywhere but the actual comic books themselves. If I'm right about this, the first time there was an honest-to-goodness origin for Superman in the comics was in 1948 with the 10-page The Origin of Superman from Superman number 53. Before that, though, Krypton's last days were detailed in the comic strip, the radio series, and then in this novel. There are two chapters dealing with Krypton's demise, and then three chapters detailing the life of young Clark Kent raised by, in this book, Sarah and Eben Kent. And that name would stick around for the television series, and I believe the movie serials as well. This was, for me, the most interesting part of the book, because Eben dies after trying to win what is essentially a weightlifting contest to prove that he still has it. It's kind of a touching scene, in all things considered. More than anything, we got to spend some time with Clark during his formative years, and this is the part of the book that has stuck with me all the while after reading it the one time back in 1998. Yeah, I bought it in 95 and didn't get around to reading it until 1998. I wish I could say that this has changed. Unfortunately, I can't. The rest of the book is a decent adventure involving the mystery of the skeleton ship, and to be honest, I don't remember a whole lot about this portion of the book. It's not that it was bad, it just wasn't all that memorable to me, and maybe I should give it another look-see at some point in the near future. The best part of the book, in my opinion, though, are the 11 one-page drawings by Joe Schuster that are just gorgeous. There are also smaller sketches throughout the book, and I have a real affection for the Golden Age art of Superman. It It just always puts a smile on my face. In addition to the previously mentioned Roger Stern introduction, which is very informative, actually, there is a foreword from the original printing of the book by Josette Frank, who in 1942 was the Staff Advisor Children's Book Committee Child Study Association of America, or the CBC-CSAOA. This one's a fairly standard piece about how Universal Superman has become, but it is interesting nonetheless from a historical standpoint. You can probably track down a copy of this via eBay, as I believe this 1995 edition is now out of print. Still, it is well worth searching out for and owning. And that is it for this month. As always, I invite you to come back to the Superman homepage every Thursday to listen to From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast, which is hosted by me and my good friend Jeffrey Taylor, as we go through every Superman book released from Man of Steel number 1 in 1986 to Adventures of Superman number 649 in 2006. And come back next month for the next installment of Bailey's Bookshelf, where I will be covering something. I haven't quite figured it out. But if you have an idea, uh, just send it in to me or send it in to Steve and he'll pass it along. And now, back to Stephen Neal. Thank you, Michael. And remember, if you have a trade paperback that you would like Michael to review on Radio KAL, feel free to email us or email Michael directly and we'll endeavour to use those suggestions in a future podcast. Only one thing alive, unless in four legs, can hear the frequencies of men, and that's you. Super secret sound bites. Ah, uh, let's see. We got uh, how many people this month? We had one last month, right? Yeah, well, we've added two to that uh, tally. We've uh, Last month's sound came from the Season 8 episode Beast, which was the 20th episode of Season 8, and three people guessed it right, and those three people were Brian Lee, Jim Bennett, and Cayman Stoll. 
Congratulations, guys. You will be buried in the field with Doomsday's victims. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, congratulations. And let's see if you three guys and a lot more can guess which episode of Smallville this sound comes from. You spoke your mind and you did what you wanted. Kind of a alpha lana. So if you think you know which episode of Smallville that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the website and send your entry in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in the next Radio KAL podcast. Okay, Superman song time. Alrighty, what do we got this month? Is it uh, hardcore rap or uh, straight edge punk rock? Or do we have like uh, an acapella rendition? Or Yeah, yeah no, none of those. Um, none of those? No, no sorry. Um, maybe one day I'll get all three uh, into one for you. At once, yes, in an epic, like uh, a rock opera. There you go. Yeah, something like, uh, something by Queen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alright, no, we have a song called Soul Superman by The Hesitations. Uh, this is a band that uh, released this song in 1967. It's actually the first of two songs by them called Soul Superman. Their second one, which was funnily enough called Soul Superman 2, will play next month. But here is the first <laughs> one, Soul Superman by The Hesitations. We are hesitating to show both in the first month. <laughs> So there you have it, Soul Superman by The Hesitations. 
And that's the show for another month. Uh, remember, if you've got a suggestion for a topic that you would like Neil and I to discuss, is there a trade paperback you'd like Michael Bailey to review? Is there a big question you'd like us to pose to the fandom? Is there a song you would like us to play? Well, all these suggestions can be sent to us by using the Cal feedback form found at the Radio KL webpage. Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Steve. And as Smallville Season 16 once said, caveat emptor. You've been listening to Radio KL from supermanhomepage.com. Yeah.